Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> And welcome in to the first, second, first, introductory, one of the first <laughs> Big Drive Energy podcasts. If you heard the first Big Drive Energy podcast, you are uh, in a select, select group of few people because there wasn't supposed to be a first episode yet, but it already exists. We'll get to that in a second. Before we go too far, though, I want to introduce the two guys running dnvr golf the the masters the mind of all of this that we're doing here at dnvr spencer smith and mitchell smith guys it's so amazing to have you guys in the dnvr family it it is truly amazing to be here and if that intro doesn't give you goosebumps i think you need to check your pulse because i i have never heard anything rk killed that <laughs> like i shout out to him it was I heard it today and I was like, holy shit, that is unlike anything I've ever heard. That is impressive. So the best part is when uh, when he goes, light the candle. And then you hear Jim Nance go, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just all the right. Ra- yeah. Oh, it could not be any better. I'm glad you guys very, like it. very impressed. The amount of weird stuff that people yell at golf tournaments and then you say it over again at like a regular golf course of people that don't watch tournaments. They're just like, what, what? are you talking about? Especially mashed potatoes. Where the hell did that come from? It's a beautiful, beautiful line. <laughs> so I want to start here. The podcast is called Big Drive Energy. Um, both of you guys, at least compared to the average golfer, hit long drives. One of you hits it a little further than the other. 
I clearly hit the ball a lot further than Mitchell. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I, I will own that. It's okay. We, we have another podcast for you, Mitchell. It's called Straight Drive Energy. <laughs> You're going to kill it on there. You're going to host it yeah, solo. I, I beat Spencer's ass every round we play, <laughs> but he hits it 40 yards by me. And and whenever someone plays with us, they are so impressed with Spencer. They're, they like are, their mind is blown. And then the scorecard is a completely different story, but that people don't care about the straight drives. They care about the long drives. Well, they see my body type and they're, first of all, they're impressed by that. And then, and then they see my 125 mile an hour swing speed followed by a roughly 170 mile an hour ball speed. And it just leaves them in awe every time. And that introductory video that we did, uh, that was one take on my drive, and that was an absolute piss missile. I, I, <laughs> I, I hit deep. it so far, I actually forgot to go get the ball, but somebody got a nice Pro V in the middle of the fairway on the 15th hole. I have to say, some people might not respect your game, Mitchell, but I told you the first time we ever played, I will trade you my drive distance for your drive accuracy all day, every day. Yeah, RK out hits me. Like, every everyone, relatively speaking, out hits me. It's... I, I probably average 280 to 290 at altitude. So if I was playing on tour, I would be one of the shortest guys out there. Well, and that's a beautiful thing about this game is Mitchell over here is a Denny's short stack of pancakes. <laughs> I'm and, a thick bowl oatmeal, <laughs> I tell you. And he hits the ball not near as far as anyone he plays with. But every time he's got a wedge in his hands, he's six, seven feet. He makes every putt he looks at, whereas I... Hope I'm given every four footer so I don't have to putt it. <laughs> and it's just incredible. And that's why this game is, like I said, so beautiful. Like players on tour, you got Gene Sarazan, five foot five, played on tour, won seven majors. And then you've got guys like Chess and Hadley, six four. You got Bryson DeChambeau, an absolute unit, sitting Tool. at 240 pounds. <laughs> we'll get into more of him later. But the, the Bryson DeChambeau effect is now changing the game of golf as we know it. Oh, it is complete completely altering the game itself and it basically is going to take guys like me out of the equation because in the old days and even 10 years ago five years ago before all this distance stuff really came to be there was short guys not physically but like distance wise on tour who didn't hit it very long like brendan todd he's six foot two and i hit it as far as he does and he I mean, I think he won back-to-back-to-back th- back to back weeks on tour last year. He got stupid hot, but it's because of his short game, and it really doesn't matter how far you hit it in some circumstances, but Bryce, the Bryson DeChambeau's and Tony Finau's and guys like that are taking over the game. So big drive energy is very, very relevant in this circumstance. It's interesting, though, because a lot of these guys are not swinging as hard as they can, and... For a while there, I was, and it it wasn't a conscious decision I was making, but like, I'd be watching a tournament and they would say like, "Oh my God, here comes Bryson, 165 yards, he has pitching wedge," and I'd be like, "I can hit my pitching wedge 165 yards," and I was like, "That's not that impressive," and I obviously was not playing very well, and in the last two months, I've decided, okay, I need to slow this thing down. Now I'm back to hitting pitching wedge 150, 155. That's and, still long, folks, by the way. And I'm playing so much better golf. So I think, like, I was telling you guys earlier, I was watching this video of Colin Morikawa, and he was playing a 620-yard par 5 with only an 8-iron. Colin Morikawa is your boy, by the he way. He is my boy. Shout out, Colin. 
I think Ryan should get a Colin Morikawa tattoo, actually, <laughs> after how many times he said his name. Right on his ass cheek. Uh, what, uh, Allie's giving me the no on that, so <laughs> sorry about that. Um, he hit... In, so he tees off with the uh, with the eight iron. He hits it like two twenty, and it's like wow, that's a lot. He's like, yeah, my stock eight iron is uh, like one seventy five or whatever. And then from the fairway, he clips one and hits an eight iron two hundred and forty five yards. And like you know how he takes a slow. Well, he took a nice. He like really went at it, and it's like it's unbelievable to me that these guys have so many different speeds they can go at. And you have a guy like Bryson who's just He's, you know, in fourth gear all the time. But all these guys are making conscious decisions about how far they want to hit these clubs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, for me, every time I want to step into a driver, whether or not that's a good or a bad idea. <laughs> it's usually a bad idea. My back lets me know immediately. Um, but they just have so much control. And, and the amount of work that these guys put in, I think, is really under undermined and undervalued by people who just go out and play golf every day and just play for four hours like these guys are grinding five six hours on the range every day hitting balls until they have blisters on their hands and it just takes it takes a it takes a lot of talent to play this game and it it i guess i shouldn't say talent it takes a lot of hard work you see guys of all different body shapes sizes skill levels abilities athletic abilities that are able to play this game at the highest level because they put in the work and that's what's cool about this game is if you put in the work the right way and it's most sports are like that but you know somebody that's five two other than if your name's isaiah thomas you're not you're not going to be that great at basketball you're not going to be an nba level player but anybody from I, I, there was a guy on tour a couple years ago that made the cut as a like an 18 17 year old and he was five foot one yeah I, I mean any body type and anybody can play this game and that's why we fell in love with it because if you look at Mitchell and I, and you'll get, a, get get some of us on video at some point during this DNVR golf journey, we're going to go on with you guys exploring Colorado, giving you guys a look into what Colorado golf is all about is we look very different. And yet we play, you know, we don't play the same game. Mitchell is better than me. I will admit that first <laughs> full disclosure here. Wow, He's going to clip Just that. It. It's going to oh, be yeah. his ringtone now. Yeah. Yeah, but we we put it on a T-shirt. We can play a match against each other. When you look at us and you're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. If you look at LeBron James playing a guy that's five six and 160 pounds, you know where, which way that's going to go immediately. And any and most sports are like that. You know when you know Pat McAfee hits Trendon Holiday, he's going to get blown up because Pat McAfee's a beefy punter or not, he's a beefy dude. And Trendon Holiday's five foot five and 135 pounds soaking wet. So nice yeah. reference. That was a very good reference. I love Pat McAfee, but. Golf was really like the great equalizer for me as an athlete. I played basketball when I was younger. I played football. I played pretty much every sport there was but golf. And then when I got older, I wasn't tall enough to play basketball or fast enough, but that's beside the point. <laughs> there was a lot of sports I couldn't play. And when I got into golf, I was like, I can be as good at this as I want to be. And like Spencer said, it really comes down to the work you put into it which is awesome like i know guys that even rk for example if he wanted to be he could be a scratch golfer or a plus handicap oh i want to be see and that that's the cool thing you can actually i can't make myself any taller like there's certain things you can control and there's certain things you can't and golf is pretty much all in your control and also to that point golf is an individual sport there's no finger pointing in golf, even as much as guys on tour like to do that, like Bryson DeChambeau, 
Um, Bryson DeChambeau has a target on his back today, huh? Oh, he yeah. Well, <laughs> and he creates that. It's not it, going to stop ever. No, no, and but it's it's great content. Like the PGA Tour probably pays him to just play because he is always arguing with the rules official or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Kind of beside the point, but I really was drawn to golf by the fact that I could make it what I whatever I wanted it to be. If I put in the work, I could be really good. And if I if I didn't, I didn't need to be really good. And it literally puts it towards you get out what you put in kind of thing, which is what I really enjoyed about it. That's what I love about golf. And I think golf, I think you could say this about a lot of sports, but I think golf uh, is a microcosm of life in a lot of ways. And 100%. It translates to business. You know, as we build DNVR, I look and I say, like, we we are getting out what we put in, and we've put in everything. Yeah. Uh, and golf is the exact same way. You know, if you go out and play golf a couple times a year, you'll you'll never get better, and you'll always, you know, be that person who says, oh, yeah, I suck, but I have a bag of clubs. Uh, and you go play in a scramble, whatever, for your company tournament, and that's fine. You don't, you don't have to be. But if you want to get better, you can find 30 minutes to go to the range, and you can work on this and work on that, and that that's what i love so much about golf is it really is a microcosm of everything in life in that way absolutely and kind of a 180 to that but at the same time that's why we're here promoting dnvr golf we're going to do a bunch of cool stuff for you guys but i've heard a saying a few times and it's a lot comes from a lot of older members at our course but every time we ask them how they played and they you know not so good but then they come out and they're like they they relate it to uh sex you <laughs> You don't have to be good at sex to have a good time. And golf golf is the exact same thing. We you don't have to be good at golf to have so a good time. So this only applies to men then. <laughs> that's that, yeah. That's probably that's, <laughs> Al, Allie is <laughs> giving a round of applause over there. <laughs> that's probably pretty accurate. But that's the, that's what we want to embody here is whether or not you're a, a scratch golfer, zero handicap, or you're just picking up a club for the first time, like a lot of people have, we've seen during this whole coronavirus that um a lot of our big box stores that we buy our clubs from at, at the golf course are out of clubs. They're out of full sets because there's not much else to do. Golf is a perfect social distancing sport that's really taken off. And a lot of people have gotten into it. They've watched what was the one live golf or live event, excuse me, that we had in three months was the Tiger Woods Peyton Manning match. And those so ratings good. were and, off and the, the charts. So it was good. like one of the most watched sporting events ever because it was something to watch. And I guarantee. 10 to 20%, if not more, of those people were watching golf on TV for the first time, and they were like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. Or, you know, they saw the views of that that Florida course that barely gets played, super green, and they were like, wow, I could just go out and play a game on a in a beautiful views at a beautiful place and spend a Saturday there, and that's all you can do right now. That's one of the only things you can do. So people started buying sets and getting into it, and, and you don't want to get discouraged when you first start because... I, I tell people this when I'm when they're starting out and giving them lessons. It's you're you're not as good as you think you are, but you're not as or you're not as good as you think you should be, but you're better than you think you are. And it's it's a it just kind of embodies the game is like you you can get better, but if you have a good time and enjoy it, you you'll never not you know being at golf being at the golf course is way better than being at work. We can all attest to that. And you'd rather That's be out. They're saying the the worst day at golf beats the best day at work exactly and that's just something that we embody you know as people like as golf pros we have to think you know when people come out there 
like whether we're having a bad day, we're getting stressed out. It's like they're out there to have a good time. And we, and every, in every golf pro, you know, we go through this at school. They want to make, they want to make it as great a time as possible for each, each player that comes out there. Absolutely. And okay. I want to transition really quick. Talk about, because for those who didn't hear the fandom first episode. So first of all, (laughs) you guys need to know about the fandom first episode. If anyone who's listening to this knows anything about Henry Chisholm, a.k.a. Hank, this won't surprise you at all. Actually, we haven't even confirmed with him what happened yet, but we recorded an episode last Thursday, and it was right before the Oddcast Cup, RIP, and we ended up deciding to push back the launch of DNVR Golf, which was going to happen last Thursday to this Tuesday, which obviously, if you're hearing this, you probably saw that launch. And so we had recorded a podcast that was going to go live on Thursday. And we decided to table it and we said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll record a new podcast next week after the launch. And that'll be the first podcast, this, that, and the other thing. We were of the belief that that was true until 20 minutes before we recorded this podcast, uh, new DNVR golf member, Charlie Barkmeyer was down here at the DNVR bar, hanging out with us. And, you know, just in the middle of a conversation, he, we're talking golf and whatnot. And he's like, yeah. And I heard on the first podcast, he said X, Y, Z. And all three of us like looked at each other. We're like, <laughs> what do you shocked. mean you heard the first podcast? He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I just looked up Big Drive Energy and it was there. And so uh, I had told Henry to schedule the podcast for the morning. But I had 100%. I texted him in the morning and said, hey, hold the podcast until further notice. Henry, we love you. He, for, he must have forgot to unschedule it. And so that podcast existed in the world for a while. Anyways, for those who didn't hear the phantom podcast tell me a little bit about yourselves your background and give me the quick story of how dnvr golf became a thing because this was you guys coming and banging down the door here so personally i took a little bit more untraditional route than say spencer did i started well if we want to go back to like the very beginning spencer and i were big baseball players we played competitive travel baseball until we got into high school and then we both got jobs at the golf course which we are now pros at which is kind of cool that it came full circle that way but we got jobs at the golf course and we got to the point where we wanted to focus more on golf than on baseball and so we really dug our heels in I would say when we were about 16 17 years old and from there I got, me personally, I got, I wouldn't say really good. I got good enough to the point where I was like a plus four handicap and I felt like I could turn pro at the age of 19. I had won back-to-back club championships at my home course and I was like, I need a new challenge. So I went and I played professionally on mini tours and played in qualifiers. Not too much avail. I could have been more dedicated. I, I wouldn't say I regret it because I'm here now and it's awesome. Um, but it was kind of a lack of work that I had put in. And so I came back uh, a couple years ago to spring Valley and there was, it was just perfect timing and there was an opening and I ended up getting hired on as an assistant pro out of spring Valley. And Spencer is now my boss, which is a treat. <laughs> I can't tell it. if that's a, if that was sarcastic or not. Oh, it's, it's definitely sarcastic. I love being Mitchell's <laughs> boss. I just schedule him whenever I want. I just don't yeah. give him days off. Just whatever, whatever I need off, I usually schedule him so he yeah. can work. It's not like a special treatment. It's actually the exact opposite. I'm like the coach's son. 
This is like, for a different podcast I called get, Big Brother Energy. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I get treated pretty well. Okay. <laughs> I was, gonna say, I was, I was about well. to go in. I was about to go in. I'll leave it at that. Spring Valley Golf is now hiring a new first assistant. <laughs> <laughs> email, in, email your resumes. <laughs> um, but so I, I kind of took the totally opposite route of Mitchell. I played high school golf. We started playing golf at the same time. I played high school golf. I think I got like second team all conference in a he bad wasn't conference. Very good. I wasn't good. I shot like I a, wasn't good in high school. Either. I shot like a seventy five or one tournament and got like third place, and it was the highlight of my golf career at that point. And once I realized I really loved the game and loved the business, as you know, we worked there. I started working some pro shop hours. I was like, "Well, shit, I'm not good enough to go play. So how can I stay in this game?" And uh, I found UCCS. Uh, they have a golf management program, which was great for me you know i went to business school got my business degree and got my pga card so i'm class a certified professional um when i the turning point for me when i knew i really shouldn't play is mitchell mentioned winning back-to-back club championships that means i lost back-to-back club championships (laughs) to him my younger brother and won in a playoff in the rain and i walked the whole way to my car parked in the very far spot of the lot crying I think that is the last time I cried. Not not soft. a joke. That I was soft. so I, soft. Not I could, a knock, but it's soft. It's soft. But I, could, I, I, just, I tried so hard to beat him that one year after I lost to him the year before that, and I lost again, and I figured, okay, those that can't do teach. And so now I teach golf, uh, run a golf course out at Spring Valley Golf Club, and uh, it was really great going to the PGM program. Learned a lot about the business of golf, which is a lot different than people think. It's not really like, oh, it's just a golf course. What? How much can there be? I answer probably 60 phone calls a day, people just asking for me um, to ask me sometimes stupid questions, sometimes good questions that I need to answer. Guys trying to find where the maintenance shed Yeah, 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 guys (laughs) asking, uh, going over Mitchell's head and essentially asking me if they can get a tee time. And I'm like, really, dude? But it's, it's, it's a fun job, and... It really is. The cool thing about it is, is I get to show up and if I want to get off at two o'clock and go play a quick nine holes and there's nothing going on, otherwise I can do that. So it's really an awesome, awesome journey that we've been on together, essentially both in two totally different ways and ended up in the same spot at the same time working with each other, which I wouldn't trade for anything. So, yeah, I, uh, I love, (laughs) I love Spencer. We're very close. But sometimes he's the worst. <laughs> and and that'll happen. You know, he's my boss. And he schedules me some dog shit hours. And it, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, it's your day off. Actually, you need to be here from seven to five. He's like, I'm going to Top Golf with yeah, Ryan and Allie. It, exactly. <laughs> no, and that's, that is literally what he has done. Next weekend, he has a bachelor party. He's like, hey, you're working Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because I got to go. Well, that's fair. I mean, that's fair, but at the same time, I'm like, bro, we're brothers. At least give me a little preferential treatment, which doesn't happen at all. I work all the hours, all the time, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It really is when when you can see someone come out and have fun and you know they love the game itself, that's really what makes it worth doing what we do. Okay, quickly, give me the story of... How you ended up at DNVR, how DNVR Golf came about, because I told this story on the Phantom Podcast, but Brandon came to me and he said, hey, there's these two brothers who are golf pros who want to run DNVR Golf, and I swear to God, I imagine like a 43-year-old and a 47-year-old. I act like I'm 75 half the time. Like, 
I am a fully grown man. Just like, I, I don't know, I had the, there's this golf pro that I met a couple years ago for an advertisement we did at DNVR, and he was like the weirdest dude, and I just imagined two of him, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess that could be cool, and then I actually ended up meeting you guys, and that made a huge difference, but from your perspective, how did this all come about? So it was like right when quarantine started and I woke up in my apartment and I texted Mitchell like six times and I actually get really pissed off when he doesn't text me back. Both of us he, are on our phones a lot, like but we're like dating. Yeah, it, <laughs> he sends me like a text string of like, wake up. Where are you? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, what well, the fuck's I, going on here? I, I'm not da- like if I'm asleep, I'm, I'm not waking up to your text message. Well, I have these really good ideas, and I want to get them out and bounce them off you. And he loves doing those on his days off where I'm working. <laughs> of He's, course. He just shoots me, like, fucking 15 text messages of all these things we should do. And I'm, like, in the middle of working for him. I'm like, this is not the time. Well, but he loves doing that. Just so you know, Adam Mata's thinks the week starts on Sunday. So <laughs> he starts blowing us up with, uh, with work-related items on Sunday afternoon. That actually, that part of what Adam said has still has me messed up in the mind because that is so far from off. Why do they call Saturday, Sunday the weekend? Weekend. It's literally called the weekend. Their week does not start on a Sunday. Actually, my lesson book calendar starts on Sunday. And every time I look at it, I'm like, okay, this is Monday. Yep. And it's not. No, the week starts on Monday. Thank I'll, you. I'll go totally. Uh, I'm not even playing like the. Uh devil's advocate thank you it was a loss for words there uh, i really think week at, or weeks go from sunday to saturday what and that is so bad i, I don't know like being raised in church sunday's the start of the week no know, that's okay is, oh, i don't well, know anything no. about this oh it, it's <laughs> well yeah it's like a, a total mind bender like 180 but the i think of the actual week like calendar week starting on sunday I think of the work week starting on Monday. Those two things should be the same. Oh, I agree. <laughs> but do you think in 1000 BC that they're like, oh, well, people are probably going to start working on Monday. We're going down a huge rabbit hole. I'll, I'll leave it there. Thank you. But yes. Anyways, back to the story. So it was pre-quarantine or right about quarantine. So it was 1000 BC. It was one. It was four <laughs> score and seven years like ago. It feels about... 5,000 years ago that quarantine started. And so I texted Mitchell and I was like, dude, okay, we love DNVR. We're both subscribers. Actually, the first week of quarantine, I bought a three-year membership. I was like, I love these guys. I want to help them out. I always uh, wanted to go to the Perch. Mitchell and I have season tickets to the Nuggets and the Avalanche. So Spencer's the biggest fangirl. Like, he got (laughs) legit butterflies going to the Perch to meet these guys. I am not kidding you. He had to get just drunk enough to, to... feel confident enough to go up and talk to these guys oh hi Allie hi um I feel like that that happens a good amount to talk to all of our beat writers I feel like I guess I look more approachable so whenever we're at tailgates or watch parties people will come up to me be like oh my god I'm a big fan like I I want to talk to Zach or I want to talk to Ryan but they seem busy and I'm like no no (laughs) come here I'll introduce you and they're like yes thank you that is cool that is really cool and I was kind of shocked because I'm not the kind of person that gets rattled by a whole lot. And Spencer will get within 20 feet of a professional <laughs> athlete and he starts shaking. I'm like, what's going on here? 
Defend the, yourself. The, <laughs> this <laughs> is slightly overblown. This no, is completely, it is not. It's completely overblown. Okay, MPJ. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Who? So we've had a few golfers come out to Spring Valley. I'm sorry. Well, they're golfers, but they're like, so TJ Ward came in a handful of times and Spencer texts me and goes, <laughs> what'd you say to him? What? Like he was blowing up my phone. I'm like, oh, we just talked a little bit of golf. Like I regripped his putter for him and all this. And Spencer's tweaking out over this. <laughs> he is, he sends me screenshots of when people book online tea times, like Garrett Hampson booked an online tea time at Spring Valley. And I could have sworn to God it was Tiger Woods. Like, he was shitting himself over it. It was his day off. And he sends me a screenshot of this at, like, 6.30 in the morning. That's just how that's just how he is. We love Denver sports. We love every single athlete. And I love him, too, but Spencer takes it to another level. So. Okay. Back to DNVR golf. For the last time. We, so, we get sidetracked frequently. So, I, I texted Mitchell, and I was like, hey, we need to do DNVR golf. Like, we... Are, we feel like we fit this family of DNVR, which is not not even it's they cover sports. We cover sports. I keep saying they, but I need to get used to saying we because <laughs> now I'm part of this, which is the coolest thing. But we cover sports in a way that n no one else, especially in this state, really does. Like we have fun, we enjoy it, we get to drink on the podcasts. I'm currently enjoying a vodka soda, and but we also they you know there's super high level knowledge between all the guys that we've gotten to meet. Drew, we've got Ryan, we've got Mace, we've got guys like AJ, Rudo. I mean, there's so much deep knowledge of all these sports, but at the same time, they're not these stuffy dudes that you can't approach because they're, they look like they're too good or they're there just to do a job. Like, no, like the DNVR Nuggets guys, they had us on and it was a blast. And like, we didn't feel out of place at all, even though these dudes have done thousands of podcasts, had thousands of views on all this other stuff and been, you know, guys like Adam, Brendan, Harrison, those guys are awesome. Eric is awesome. Like Eric creates the coolest shirts and yet you go up to him and he acts like you're his best friend. And we were like, all right, dude, we fit this mold. What can we bring these guys? Because like, to, I'd like to think I, we know a lot about other Denver sports, but like we know golf. That's what, that's our lives. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to email Brandon. So I DM'd, I slid into Brandon Spano's DMs actually. <laughs> and I said, Hey Brandon, what's and your you email? Got the, you got left on red. I did get Hard. left on red for oh, a little bit. Yeah. Bad look for Brandon. <laughs> bad. But I basically, we basically kind of kept pushing a little bit. And then finally, uh, the oddcast came up, the first oddcast. And uh, I gave our, prior to that, I actually gave Adam Mares a club fitting, which was great. It was kind of cold, rainy out. He ordered a whole new set of clubs for me. And then a week later, RK came to me and was like, hey, man, I've got the oddcast coming up. Uh, I'd love to get a lesson from you. We, we checked all his specs, used the, uh, the track man and it was it was a great time and me and RK just kind of gelled Ali was there we talked and it just became DNVR golf and uh, we're so excited to bring you guys golf content but also embody the DNVR family and just have a good time with this like this isn't going to be like us analyzing PGA Tour players swings and talking about how their swing is 10 degrees inside out because not a lot of people care about that we'll touch on that stuff for the more avid golfers that want to get a lot better but at the same time like with especially with the world and the situation it is now so many people are taking up golf that have no idea what they're doing that we want to give you guys the tools the course ratings the places to go play the places that are great to start out at the clubs to buy all that kind of stuff to get you started into this game uh which is the only game where they have a you don't have a senior nfl they don't have a senior nba 
they, they have a senior tour and there's guys that are 60 out there competing making millions of dollars still because you can do this game until until the last day that you're alive 80 80 90 we we just had a member turn 80 today wow and it, and he's shooting 79s 80s super into it wow. and he just turned 80 yeah. and so that's what's the be- that's another beauty of this game that we want to bring to Denver to anyone that wants to listen because it's it's an amazing sport and you can play it your whole life absolutely so a couple things here one when I met Spencer, that's when I knew Vero Golf was on because he wasn't a uh, 43-year-old weirdo. <laughs> he was a 26-year-old, super chill Denver sports fan. I think people that know DNVR know that there's a, for lack of a better term, vibe that most of our people have. And I met Spencer five minutes and I'm like, cool, he has the vibe. It's a culture fit. For us, culture fit is everything. There was a time when we thought there was a lot more to it than culture fit. And what we've learned over time in this company is it starts and ends with culture fit and everything else falls into place after that. So I knew that that was a go. Um, Quickly though, I want to talk about some of the perks of being a DNVR golf member, because you mentioned a couple of them. You gave Adam a club fitting. Adam stoked. He has a whole new set of clubs. DNVR golf members can get with you guys set up the track van or the what do you got what's the Fli- one it's a flight scope. the flight scope sorry same i don't mean no you're fine it's same deal yeah so they can get in with you guys uh 40 off what what uh, the normal rate is and honestly depending on where you go it's probably 60 70 off what some of the big you know uh club fitting services will charge you so that's an amazing one i did a lesson with spencer he, we're, we've been working on my driver tirelessly for a while here, trying to get it figured out. DNVR golf members can get 30% off that. You can get $15 off any tee time Monday through Friday at Spring Valley Golf Course. You can get $25 or 25% off tee times at Common Ground. Your DNVR golf membership comes with a CGA membership, so you can get your handicap and know where you stand amongst your friends. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. 15% off clubs that they buy through you guys. So it's really uh, an awesome deal. We've tried to come up with a lot. And I didn't even mention the free polo, DNVR polo, which I tried on today. It is smooth, comfy, silky. It's awesome. The the OG polo is going to be a big hit. I already know it. I'm going to rock one. And the cool thing about this is we already have a ton of perks, and this is just the beginning, guys. Like, we're going to get this off and running, and we're going to have – we have so many ideas for you guys, so many ideas to grow the game of golf with you, grow the game of golf in Colorado. It, it, there's multitude of things that we're going to start doing, including a tournament, which we are in the process of setting up right now for DNVR members, subscribers out at Spring Valley Golf Club. That's going to be a blast of a time. You're going to get to hang out with us, watch us hit some hopefully good golf shots. Depends upon the day and the time. <laughs> but uh, th- there's really an endless there's endless opportunities in this world of golf that a lot of people listeners now right now may be just getting into the game or maybe avid golfers already but we're gonna we're gonna appeal to everybody in the game of golf well you're talking endless opportunities does that polo come in husky is there a, <laughs> is there a husky size we already is, had someone ask us for a 4xl oh, that we're taking care of so join the thick boys club <laughs> I am the founder of Thick Boys Club. <laughs> um, but Spencer is spot on. I am so looking forward to doing all this fun. Like, it really is. We work at Spring Valley full time. 
and on our days off and between like in afternoons and mornings and things that we don't work, this is what we're doing. And it does not feel like work at all. Like this is fun, enjoyable stuff. It does not even touch the tip of the iceberg of what work is. So we are looking to make golf fun and have everyone just enjoy themselves. We're going to do meetups. We're going to do top golf for anyone who thinks it's more fun. Like top golf's a blast. So we will be doing a lot of that. And like Spencer said, it is just endless with everything we can do with this kind of thing. So I'm yep. really looking forward to it. So much of what we want to do at DNVR as a whole is about community. And, and that's really what DNVR golf is about as well. It's about building a community of golfers in Denver. And, you know, we were just talking to someone down in the bar who said, hey, like, you know, sometimes you get stuck with someone you don't want to play with or you don't know how to fill out your foursome. And there's no there's no really nowhere to go. What we want to do is help people make friends in the golf world that you can, or you could go into the DNVR lounge and post in the golf category and say, Hey, we've got a, an extra. And you're at least going to know you're going to have some things in common with that person. They're a Denver sports fan first and foremost, if they're, if they're part of DNVR. So there's so much to do there. And one thing, one quick thing I wanted to mention about, you know, getting lessons and club fittings from you guys is like, you go into a place, you know, one of the big box superstores and there's 12 people waiting to get a club fitting and you might get 15 minutes and they're going to rush you into something and they're hoping that you know you spend 500 dollars and get out of their way that's just i mean anyone who knows anything just about dnvr knows that that's not the way that you know a a dnvr member is going to get treated if they come to you guys like you'll go through it you'll work through everything you'll give them a truly informed opinion you're not trying to you know, make a commission or anything off of selling a golf club. Like there's something to be said for, I mean, everyone is looking for a trusted mechanic, right? Like Absolutely. you're always afraid you're going to get screwed over when there's something wrong with your car. And I think you could say the same thing about golf, like having someone you trust and maybe someone has to build trust with you, but I can give, I can give you guys my, uh, <laughs> my word of approval here. Like having someone you trust in the golf world to give you advice on what you should buy, on what what you need to do with your swing, all this stuff, like that goes a long way. So even just from a selfish standpoint, I'm super excited to have you guys around. I'm honestly too honest at times to a fault. <laughs> I will tell, like Ryan asked us on the uh, Phantom Pod, he was like, how do you think everything went? I was like, well, Hank's got some work to do. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like I will be straight up and – he kind of clutched up though when, he, he when did. Uh, he made a Thursday few came around. Knee knockers, a few four or five footers, where I was like, "Damn, I, Spencer wouldn't have made those." No, absolutely not. <laughs> like I would have made them, but Spencer would have <laughs> not even touched the hole. Like Spencer, we played last Wednesday. Spencer missed, I swear, every putt on the course, and then he shot seventy four. Like that pissed me off so much. He yeah. hits it that long. That. <laughs> It really makes that big not of a just difference. long. It's pretty solid too most of the time. Straight, <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. I always wear pants when I play golf with Spencer because I know I'm going to be in the weeds <laughs> the entire day. We're we're hunting for shit all over the place, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go hit mine in the fairway, then I'll come back and find yours. So, all right, I want to segue into what's going to be a reoccurring segment on this show. 
Uh, and yes, I'm host hijacking once again to anyone who listens to podcasts that I show up on. Um, it's going to be called Don't Be That Golfer. You guys are surrounded by golfers 24-7. You see the best and you see the worst. So I'll throw it to you, Mitchell. What is the Don't Be That Golfer tip of the week? My, my Don't Be That Golfer tip of the week is don't be that golfer that is constantly looking for a free drop, <laughs> constantly look like they will do the splits over a sprinkler head to try to get a drop away from a sprinkler it's head. It's in my stance. Yeah, it's in my stance. <laughs> like, I, oh, yeah, I'm standing on it. And their, their left foot is like four feet away from where their natural setup would be. And kind of going into Bryson DeChambeau, he wanted to get a free drop today away from two fire ants. Like, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> that is peak tool bryson that is horrible it's it doesn't even take me a little bit into i didn't see this so what happened so he hit it in a bad spot like you will do when you hit it 400 yards you guys can relate i cannot um you hit it a long way you hit it offline and he calls a rules official over and wants a free drop because he literally first he saw one ant and then he goes oh no there's two of them and he was talking about ants, not snakes, not two moose. It was just like he was getting so roasted on Twitter. He was it saying was, like it was unsafe for yes, him to play from there. You can't take a drop from unsafe conditions. Like if there's a rattlesnake right next to your ball, there's literally two fire ants and he wants a drop. That is peak Bryson. Whew, that's a so tough look. Don't, don't be that golfer. Do not be that golfer. And my don't be that golfer for the week, and we get this yeah, 20, 30 times a day in one eight-hour shift. Don't be that golfer that tells your friends, the pros, the bartender, every single shot that you just made on the golf course. Oh, okay. That is about the worst thing that... Because guess what? Here's a newsflash for any of you guys that do that. I'm sorry because it sometimes are good stories. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives It's like a your single, uh, your fantasy team on Twitter. It, yeah. Exactly. Nobody cares if you almost if you lipped out a birdie putt. So nobody cares. Yeah, the ones so I'm more of the person who like wants to talk through it afterwards and and get out the ones that I miss. I rarely am like bragging like I might oh yeah, I dropped a 40-footer for birdie. It was wild. But usually I'm saying like, dude, I cannot believe that I missed the six footer on 18 to shoot 79 or whatever it is oh yeah well that's the thing is and that's that's your level of competency in the game where you want to get better so you try to figure out how you can get better yeah. it's not oh i just fired a 52 and it was my best round of the year <laughs> and let me tell you about how i freaking hit two greens in regulation and two butted both of them and how great it was it wasn't great you, you may have had a fun time doing it and you may be stoked and that's why you know, we love the game. We love everybody that plays golf, whether you shoot 150 or whether you shoot a 67. But don't nobody cares about every single shot that you hit, really. I mean, I, you know, and the funny thing about this is I find myself doing this all the time all the, after every round. And then about through the third hole, I stop. And I'm like, okay, yep, you're being that guy. And it's just one of those things where when you hear it enough, you get so tired of it that you're like, wow, am I really just doing that? Yeah, I generally compare golf rounds to like your own farts i know it's kind of wild but you care about them you're like oh 
I kind of <laughs> like that fart. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it, that was kind of impressive. Yeah, you're like, wow. And then you tell some like nobody else likes your farts but yourself. <laughs> it's your own brand kind of thing. Same with golf. Like Spencer, I will look at him and tell him about my round of golf, and he looks so disinterested. And then right when I'm like, how'd you play? He his eyes just light up. <laughs> He is so ready to give me the play-by-play for an hour. And he's like, oh, I just slipped this out. Don't care. Like, So the one that I'll do too much is when I shot a good round and I'm trying to, and I'm trying to figure out how much better it could have been. Like When we played last Wednesday, I shot 38 on the front. And then I started being like, oh, my God, and I three-putted four. And I, you know, I had, I hit one in the wall. I'm like, that could have easily been 34. Like that. I do that. I'm guilty of that. There's the, guy, I could have shot X, Y, Z. I'm guilty of that. I've told like 20 people that I shot 74 at common ground, but it should have been like 67 because of the amount of three to four footers, which by the way, Ryan and Mitchell didn't give me. They just sat there. Well, when you missed it, you two, had, I wasn't. Sat, I wasn't gonna get involved. You two always have money on it. They, so. they sat there with locked jaw and wouldn't give me any putts, and for good reason. But I was you gonna know. say, if you miss the first one, you're gonna you're gonna have to buy some. You, you uh, gotta the earn, most crucial, you gotta earn that. The most crucial putt for me in any match that I play against someone that doesn't know my game is that first three footer. Yep. If I knock that in, it's game over because they're gonna give me those all day. If they make me putt them like Mitchell does now every time. It's it's in my head completely. Yeah, Spencer is not I, a very good putter. I like to deny once in a while I like to deny a good good. I did it to Mosier in the Oddcast yeah. Cup. We both had like three footers, but we were down. So I'm like, I need to at least leave it you know also if you ask good good, it means you've thought that you might miss it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you're asking that's another thing. If you're asking for a putt, you don't feel very confident. I you, ask for every yes, every time I hit it on the green. I ask a, for it. Example A. Spencer's like Spence hits his lag putt halfway there. He's like, "Is that good?" Well, I like, like two putt. Shout out Vic Lombardi because I was giving him shit about it when we were doing this. If Mark would tap in for a par, he'd have an eight footer for par and he'd pick it up and write down a four on the scorecard. Mm, and that was, it's just hilarious. Like that's how so, Vic got down to a five handicap. Exactly. <laughs> and like Eric Tuttle, our good buddy. He is the quickest raker of six, seven footers. Like if he doesn't have to putt it, if you make par and he's putting a six footer for bogey, quick rake. He's like, yeah, I made five there. And he's a good, he's a really good player. But people love to, uh, there's, there's kind of two different sides of it. People love to try to make their handicap as high as possible. And then people who want to go in the other direction. And that's a whole different story for another time, which we will get into. And there will be plenty of time for more stories on Big Drive Energy. Really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to be listening every week, even if I'm not on here. I uh, hope to be invited back to uh, to be on your guys' podcast. You're welcome every week. But there's going to be a lot of great content coming out from DNVR Golf. Uh, so keep an eye out for everything. We're going to be doing semi-weekly. I, I don't want to put any uh, hard numbers on it, but we're going to be doing lots more live golf content so many people loved the oddcast cup um so it probably won't be quite as high stakes as the oddcast but we're gonna get out there and play and i think there's something to be said for golf unbuttoned you know when you watch the pga tour everything's so stiff and everyone's got to wear pants which i think is ridiculous and you know there's so much like vic actually talks about this a lot he's like people curse on the golf course 
that's okay. Like, that's part of the game. We're going to try and give you, you know, a, just a, a fun, unbuttoned look at golf. We're going to play nine holes, so it's not, you know, too long of a production. Play some competitions. Maybe it's one club competition. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, alternate shot, whatever it is. Just show golf in its truest form, which is great conversation, competition, beer, betting, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's there's so many games to be played on the golf course. There's so many different ways to play golf. It's uh, it's truly endless the possibilities we have here, and all of these all of these outlets and all these possibilities will be if you're a part of DNVR Golf and become a member and become a subscriber, you'll get access to all that, which we promise to bring you the best possible content in golf and especially in Denver golf. All right, we are going to put foreplay to shame. I will just say that right now. Wow, pick, that's, calling them that's, out. That, yeah, I'll Trent Riggs. You guys are hacks. <laughs> We're going to put your content to shame. We're coming for you. We're coming in hot. Wow. All right, there you go. <laughs> coming in strong at the end of the very first <laughs> slash second podcast. Uh, that's Big Drive Energy. Subscribe. Give these guys a rating. Become a DNVR golf member uh, and check out everything we have to do. For these two, I'm RK, and that's the show.